0: maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcast whether it's through audible or spotify or apple podcast you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org that's calvarydivine.org you know as i was putting this study together in the book of ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 paul is talking to us about things we are to put on and things we are to put off and uh the thing that we are to put off is the flesh and the old man and the thing we are to put on is the new man and the the new spirit. And the first thing that Paul deals with as he talks to the church of Ephesus is lying. Put off lying and speak truth to your neighbor. Think about that just for a second. Does does the do we have a problem with lying in this world? Oh, well, we got a huge problem with lying in this world. Our government lies to us or Politicians lie to us or celebrities lie to us. The newspaper gives us misinformation. Do we get lies? Yeah, we do. But I expect that from somebody who's not following God. What Paul is talking about here, he's he's actually writing to the church of Ephesus. He's writing to the follower of Christ He's saying that the follower of Christ should not be known for their lies, but be known for speaking truth. Is that you today? Understanding that the father of lies is the devil and there is no truth in him. And knowing that Jesus Christ is truth, the truth, and the truth shall shall set you free, are we speaking truth? Or do we allow little white lies to happen? Because let me tell you, there are no little white lies. They're all sin, and God hates sin. And every lie is a sin. So if you use the, my battery died on my phone, didn't get the message, um, you know what? I got an appointment this afternoon. I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to meet up. And there's no appointment. You just didn't want to meet up with the person. It's all a lie. And do you understand that pastors have lied too? Pastors have been caught lying about affairs. They've been caught lying about book sales. I got to get my book sales up to a certain amount so I can be on the New York Times bestselling list. And they got caught doing it. They lied. The church should not be known for lying, and neither should the follower of Christ. So, this piece of scripture is practically how to put off lying. And God's going to give you the opportunity to practice that this week. To put off lying. Catch yourself. So when you're talking about that fish you caught down in Corpus, the one that was maybe 8 inches, and now over the last 3 years has grown to 13, 14 inches, catch yourself and say, you know what, the fish was not that big. I'm sorry. Be honest with the person. Practically apply truth. Speaking truth to your neighbor. Do that. And that's what this is going to be about. So what we want to teach today is about loving truth and hating the lie. Here is the first half half and conclusion of this two-part study. study. Uh, I entitled this, Love the Truth, Hate the Lie. Love the truth, hate the lie. And we'll look at it in three parts as we look at the first half of verse 25, putting away lying. The second half of verse 25 is going to be put on truth. And then finally in verse, the last little piece of it as we look at the members, we'll be looking at put on the understanding that we are one, that we are one. So the last time we were in the book of Ephesians, we were speaking on the fact that you were you have learned Christ, that you have been taught Christ, and the truth is in Christ, Right? And, and some of y'all, are, like I said, you probably are sitting there thinking, when have I been taught Christ and I told you, and the Word became flesh. So Jesus is the Word, so He teaches you by being in the Word. It's very important that we spend time in God's Word daily as believers. But He also goes into the importance of putting off the old former conduct that grows corrupt with deceitful lust. And then he says, I want you to put on and renew yourself in the spirit of your mind. And so he's asking us to put on righteousness and holiness. And now as we get into these pieces of Scripture, he's asking you to deal with five sins from verses 25 through 32. And he wants these sins to be dealt with, to be destroyed, to be uh, destroyed or, or put to death. And, and so for me, one of the things I think about with this is sometimes when we have car issues, um, there are indicators that come on before the car ever breaks down completely, right? You have that little maintenance light. And how many of us drive around with the maintenance light going on, right? But then when the car breaks down, we're worried because we don't know how bad the car is. We don't need, know if it's going to be a problem with the transmission or is the engine acting up. But there were minor signs that showed up prior to any of it ever breaking. And I'll, for instance, my, I got up to take my wife to work Tuesday after a wonderful Labor Day. And the car didn't start. And I knew the battery was acting up. Should I have done it on Labor Day? Probably. Wouldn't have been running around like a madman. But the thing was, is the indicators were there. And that's the same thing with sin. When you're in sin, the indicators are there. The flesh comes out. If you're not in the Spirit, the flesh does get revealed because we have the ultimate physician, Jesus Christ. And He wants us to address it. He's trying to get a hold of you prior to it becoming something major. He tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, But as He who called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct. In 2 Corinthians 5:17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away; behold, all things have become new. You want to know where you're at as a follower of Christ? How do you react to sin? Do you actually deal with it? Do you detest it the way that Jesus does? See, Paul, one of the things I love about this is he lists these five sins. Paul doesn't just give you the five sins and tell you to put them on. Paul gives you the solution. Paul tells you what to put on. And that's a beautiful piece of that scripture, because Paul is telling you, look, there is hope, hope that we can find in God's word, that we can find in God, and that even though that God confronts our sins, all we have to do as followers of Christ is to confess the sin, repent, and turn back to Him. And put on the thing that He's asking us to put on. We need to be in the proper, uh, the, the proper conduct to be holy. See, faith is, is something that is practiced. Faith is actually a verb. It's something that you exercise, that you, that you work out. And so if you have something and that you go, man, i got sin here. I need, to, I need to deal with it. God's hitting you in the heart and that's why it's important for you to be in a church where the Word of God is being taught. My wife said something week as she listened to uh, Pastor Dan out of Prevailing Word in Lytle. And Dan said, he goes, man, the church is, you know, there are times when it seems like there's nobody at church. And it's normally when we're dealing with sin. the verses are coming up when you deal with sin. Because people don't want to hear truth. And it's hard. He goes, I I get it, man. It's hard for me as I study it that week. And God is working on my heart and showing me things that need to be worked on. But you need to be in a church that teaches truth. You can be in a thousand person church or a 15,000 person church. And if they don't teach the word of God, you're not being helped. It's the Word of God that, transform your, that transforms your life. You don't need motivational speeches today. With what's going on in our world today, you need God's Word to guide your life. And so you need to be in a church that is going to teach the Word of God. And let me tell you something. You go, well, Pastor, who teaches you? I'm, on the, I'm listening to the radio all day. I have Sun Light Radio going on all day, making sure that the transitions are making sure they work. It's our radio station that we have. It's a digital radio station. But when I'm listening to Alistair Begg, or I'm listening to John MacArthur, or I'm listening to uh, Raw Reese or Greg Laurie, I'm getting smacked upside the head all day. And God is showing me things like, oh, yeah. And I would rather be in the Word of God than be listening just to the radio. I would rather be hearing somebody who's teaching biblical expository teaching than to give motivational speeches. Because I can tell you on our radio station, there is nobody giving motivational speeches. It's all the Word of God that's being taught throughout the day. doesn't matter what time you turn it on tune in. There is the Word of God verse by verse being taught. And that's important because that's what Christians need today. And so when we get into this, it's not so I can sit up here and try to blast you or make you feel uncomfortable. If there is something going on, confess it and repent. Deal with it, right? Over these next few weeks as we go through this, same thing. Because look, I can tell you, like I said, there are things I look at and I go, okay, yeah, I need to deal with this stuff. So let's look at our first point, putting away lying. Putting away lying. Therefore, put away lying lying now lying is not just a huge problem in the world today and in our culture but it's a problem in the church it's a problem in the church you have pastors that have actually lied about how many books they sold so they can be on the new york times bestsellers list yeah does that sound like something you really need to lie about that you would give up your pulpit for something like that you have things that are going on in churches with finances or other things and and the people lie and then they get caught. And so when we think about the 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 even from the pulpit from my perspective, Charles Spurgeon said this, when a preacher of righteousness has stood in the way of sinners, he should never again open his lips in the great congregation until his repentance as is as notorious as his sin. So that means like if you're lying there should be no explaining away the lie. Right? There, and that goes with anything. So like if you've done something that goes against your brother and sister, don't try to explain it away. Don't try to justify it. You humbly own it and deal with it. And if it's public, then guess what? The repentance needs to be public. I've fallen. I've sinned. Now I know somebody could take that and... <laughs> And dub that and make that into a thing. But it's like, but we need to own it. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Those who are sinning rebuke the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. Now, when we rebuke somebody in sin, you're supposed to quietly do that one-on-one with that person. And then if it doesn't happen, then you go with somebody else and talk with them and confront them. And then if that doesn't happen, that's usually when the leadership or the church gets involved. And then if that person still doesn't want to repent, and this is what people don't understand, it tells you in Scripture, you tell them by until they're ready to repent. But God loves a sinner. God hates sin. Let's just establish that today, okay? God hates sin. He hates it. God loves you because you're created in His image, but you have to remember if you, you're not following him or you've never followed him you're separated from a holy God because of your sin now he loves his children yeah but we, we see that all the time misleading people so what is lying? lying is simply this it's a statement or, or action deliberately misleading or misinforms the person or the public that's out of the blue letter Bible the con, uh, concordance so you're, you're given a statement or an action that's deliberately to mislead, misinform a person or somebody in public, or the public. And how does God deal with lying? God, right off the bat, deals with it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. It's part of the Ten Commandments. Don't lie against your neighbor, right? And so as we see that, one of the things that we have to understand is, like, when we start lying... Truth is the thing that holds and cements our society together. Okay? Truth. What do you think is going on in our world today? Right? If, if, if it's truth that cements our society and society is crumbling before us, there's a lot of lying going on. A lot of lying going on. And sadly, we see it more today. We actually have people that will lie under oath today. They don't care that they put their hand on the Bible, and they just lie under oath constantly. And so Amber Heard, y'all know that from Johnny Depp. She actually got caught lying during the testimony. She said she gave a $3.5 million donation to the ACLU. Well, guess what? She lied under oath, and she had to go back to court for that. Uh, Most of y'all know about George Santos, the GOP Republican who lied about his bio, lied about everything. And he got caught. He got caught, lied under oath. How many of y'all know about Elvis Chan? Elvis Chan is actually a special agent for the FBI who lied under oath and got caught. He got caught because he he told the court under oath that the FBI had nothing to do with giving information to big tech about the Hunter laptop. He lied under oath and got caught. That's the FBI. How many of the other FBI agents lied too? It's sad to see where we're at, but we're dealing with a nation of liars right now. So 91% who were surveyed say that they lie routinely. That is not 91%. Out of that 91%, 36% of them say they lie about important matters. 86%, now we know this as parents, 86% lie regularly to their parents. 75% lie to their friends. 73% lie to their siblings, and 69% lie to their spouses. And you think about that, and you understand, like, this is a problem. Now, I expect that from somebody who's not following God. So when you tell me they're a politician, I know they're a liar. Most of them. I mean, it's it is what it is. But the reality of it is, is what Paul is talking about is like he's talking about the follower of Christ, put put offline, put offline, because the the unbeliever is is following, and is at enmity with God. We know that through Scripture. And we also know that they follow the power and the prince of the air, which is the devil. So why do you expect them to tell you the truth? Right? You would hope they would. But for you as the church and as an individual who's following Christ, you should be known for the truth. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 11, it says, You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. God takes lying very seriously. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 16 through 17. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are are an abomination to Him. A proud look, pride, a lying tongue. A lying tongue. David even goes on further to talk about it in Psalm 116, verses 10 and 11. I believe, therefore I spoke. I'm greatly afflicted and said in haste, all men are liars. And the women go, yes. Before Christ, yes. My wife would tell you that. 39 years, she didn't know what was truth and what wasn't. It's sad, but that's kind of where we're at today. In Psalm 120, verse 2, it says, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from my lying lips and from my deceitful tongue. And then finally, in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 3, And like their bow, they have bent their tongues for lies. They are not valid for the truth on earth, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they do not know me, says the Lord. We should not be known for our lies. Why? John chapter 8, verse 44. You are the father of the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Very important that you get that. There is no truth in Him. So if you're speaking lies, you're aligned with the devil. Okay? Meaning that your sin, you're, you're following the father of lies. What are you doing? Now a lot of us have, have common lies that we deal with every day. These are common lies that, uh, that are given. I never got the message, which is hard to believe today. Now, you could have got away with that back in the 90s, but you can't get away with that today. How about my phone died? Ever got that one? I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. When your world is crumbling, everything's wrong, you're telling people, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. You're not being truthful. The payment was sent. I would love to hang out, but I got something going on this afternoon. Maybe we can do lunch another time. How many husbands have said this during the Super Bowl? as they buy new TVs. It was on sale, it didn't cost that much. How many of you will do this at Christmas time? Thank you, it's just what I wanted. I'll try to make it. Oh, I would never lie to you. No, you have lied to me before. These are just common lies that we we deal with today. But here's some other ones that deal with falsehoods. When you embellish a story to make yourself look better, you're lying. Or when you embellish the story to make somebody else look worse, you're lying. When you change the facts to spare someone's feelings, it's a lie. When we alter the truth in any other way, it's a lie. When you cheat on your taxes, it's a lie. When you cheat at school, it's a lie. When we make promises we cannot keep, it's a lie. When we engage in flattery or manipulation of others, it's lying. When we make excuses to cover our failures and our shortcomings, it's a lie. When we withhold information in order to mislead or deceive someone, it's a lie. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. So as Paul is telling us, even in this verse, he's telling you to put on truth, but to put off lying is to cast it away. To not have anything to do with it anymore. And as we look at truth, the thing you need to remember one of the pieces of the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Stand for, therefore, having fell, fastened on the belt of truth. So now we look at putting on truth. And it's very important as we look at this to remember who truth is. Letting each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. See, Paul, this is the beauty of the Scripture. He tells you, hey, look, this sin that's over here, put, on, put away lying and start putting this on. Put on truth. Put on truth. Start speaking truth with one another, with your neighbor. And that word that he gives there for, for speak is actually the imperative, uh, the present imperative, which means to, to be commanded to. We're commanded as followers of Christ to speak truth. To speak truth. Do we? Do we? I mean, I. when I look at that, I, I have to remember what truth is. See, if I'm a follower of Christ, I should be addicted to speaking truth and not be addicted to lying. But who is truth? John fourteen six. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. There is no other truth. He is the truth. He is the standard and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Me. If we're His Father, his disciples we are to abide in him in John 8 verses 31 through 32 then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him if you abide in my word you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free it's the truth that we need today it's the truth that's not being spoken today in a Barnard survey that was done recently and a three-to-one margin, 64% to 22% of adults said that truth is relative to the person and their situation. And, and some of those were Christians who said that. So I define truth not by God's Word. I define truth by, by what is relative to my situation. And what's even more scarier than that is anyone under the age of 18 that was done in the survey, that took this survey, 83% of them said there is... Their moral truth is defined by their circumstances. They define what moral truth is. That's a problem. And that means that as followers of Christ, this next generation could be completely lost. That's why they want want boundaries. Do you understand that this this younger generation is actually seeking answers and wanting boundaries? Because everything's been open to them like a candy store. And what happens when you get too much candy? You get sick to your stomach. And you're looking for something else. And they they got pornography. They got what they, I mean, they need drugs. They can order drugs on TikTok. Have them brought right to the house. Yeah. There was a, there was a, a police report that was done on that. They have access to everything. But let me tell you something. If we do not speak truth as Christians, and I love this quote, it's, it's, I found this this week. It was from an unknown author. It said, love without truth is a lie. Love without truth is a lie.